All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Unleash the Most Legit Celtics Podcast in the game. I'm your host, Ev, on episode number 110 today. And if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We are looking to do a giveaway fairly soon. We're approaching 700 subs, so please hit that subscribe button. Can't thank you guys enough for the support you've shown one, you know, on the pregame and postgame show, and then two on this podcast. And we are going to bring more and more content to the YouTube channel. So make sure you are subscribed to Guy Boston Sports on YouTube. But if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or on Google, wherever the hell you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribed or following there as well. And before we get into today's episode, I gotta let you guys know. Today's episode is brought to you by the Guy Boston Sports Store. So head over to GuyBostonSports.com slash store. Use promo code UNL to save 20% off. No minimums, no restrictions, nothing. Just 20% off your order no matter how much or how little or where you're shipping it, anything like that. UNL is the code 20% off at GuyBostonSports.com slash store. We just launched the 4th of July pack, the American flag pack. Um, we launched a new Boston vs. Everybody pack, so head over there, GuyBostonSports.com slash store, promo code UNL. All right, jam pack show today. This is the first so. You know, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know that I was on vacation in Florida, and then I had a big golf tournament in the Cape, so I've been gone for like, you know, almost two weeks, and this is the first show post everything that's happened in the Celtics universe. Brad Stevens, um, you know, taking the GM role, Danny Ainge leaving, Kemba Walker rumors, yada, 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 it's all happened um, since I've kind of been off air here. And it's it was funny because, like I said, on vacation, the day I was leaving Florida, I went down there for a wedding, the day I was leaving Florida, like not even the day, the minute I started to board the plane to come back to good old Boston, my phone starts blowing up, and I'm like, what the heck? I'm like literally walking into a plane right now, blowing up, and then all of a sudden I'm checking Twitter, and Danny Ainge is out. Danny Ainge is out. A couple minutes later, Brad Stevens is going to be the new president of basketball operations, and I am like, my mind just is, poof. and all of a sudden I'm on my phone, like my thumbs are racing a mile a minute, a mile a minute, and we're taking off, and you know, the flight attendants are like, hey, can you put, put your tray up? Can you put your phone away? Like, put it on airplane mode? And I'm like, hey, airplane mode does not work with Twitter. Just saying it right now. Um, but so I was, like, kind of sneakily just trying to keep involved because I had serious, I guess, FOMO, like, fear of missing out of what the hell's happening right now. Like, this is this team literally is the reason I breathe, and I'm about to get on a plane for a few hours and not be able to stay up to date with it was mind-blowing to me. So I ended up having to, and you know, every plane I feel like says, oh, free Wi-Fi, bull. It never works. So I ended up having to pay like six ninety nine for, you know, three times for three hours or whatever just to stay up to date with it. It's not like anything else came out during that three-hour span, but I just had such, such serious FOMO that like something was going to happen and I wasn't going to know about it that I was just like, you know, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat the cost of buying Wi-Fi just so I can stay up to date with this. But um, honestly, since that, we've seen some names come out. And we're going to talk about that on the show. Um, but not much like progress. Like there's no like, oh, that's the next Celtics coach right now. It's a lot of names. They've uh, gotten permission to interview with a lot of people and whatnot. So we're going to get into all that in today's show. We're going to talk about Brad Stevens. Is he sort of, you know, is he built for this GM role? I know I've seen a lot of people go back and forth on that and then we're going to talk about some trades Kemba Walker being one of them all that on today's show but let's start with that Brad Stevens 
Um, actually, you know what? I, I got to say it because I've tweeted it and, you know, it, it's kind of all fun and games, but I do think that there's a possibility. And I guess it's okay to say it now because the, the topic isn't hot anymore, you know, with Danny Ainge leaving. I think that there's a, the my little conspiracy theory here is that Danny Ainge was kind of like, wink, wink, nod, nod. Why don't you get out of here, pal? Um, and if you resign, you know, we can roll out the red carpet and, you know, it, no, no bad blood type of thing because things don't really align to me why Danny Ainge would just stop being the GM. Like everything he's done in the last few years looks like he has this grand plan or, you know, he's in it for the long haul. And then he goes and pulls something like, okay, yeah, peace out guys. Um, is a little weird to me. And then the fact that the Celtics went and moved Brad Stevens up after a year where he really underperformed as a coach, it seemed a little like, oh, whoa, let's, let's try and cover our tracks like this. Let's, let's like, let's act like this was a plan. I don't know. It's a conspiracy theory. I'm, I wouldn't die on that hill. You know, like I know Danny Ainge has always said he wants more time with his family. He's had health issues. Um, he's been a GM for, you know, 20, like I get it. It makes sense why Danny Ainge would just want to leave, but all the stuff leading up to it, you know, like him, him being patient at trade deadlines or him, uh, you know, drafting these guys or keeping all these draft picks. That's the sign of a guy that thinks that he's got years and years and years to, to work with this team. Not, you know, at the end, let's call it a three-year period where he's like had some bad drafts and whatnot, or two-year period for sure. That, and then not doing anything at the deadline type of thing. That tells me this guy is trying to be patient. You're not patient if you're about to resign or retire. So my mind went there. I'm not going to lie. My mind went there and said, it's kind of weird that like, you know, Danny Lange leaves and then Brad Stevens assumes his role. It's kind of like the Celtics felt like they, uh, they wanted to have this plan in place. Um, so they didn't look like they got caught with their, you know what, in the wind. So I don't know. Keep an eye on that. Again, I'm not dying on that hill. But when you start to think about how things transpired, it wouldn't be surprising to me that Danny Ainge, you know, they, they kind of asked him, like, hey, man, like, where are you going with this? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, all right, well, instead of us making this big deal about getting rid of you, why don't you just, you know, resign? And then we'll take it from there type of thing. But we'll see. Um, I want to talk about Brad Stevens in that role, though. Because <sighs> I see people go back and forth on this. I know... um, a couple of the OG fans, you know, we've been talking about it and saying how, well, you know, Brad Stevens couldn't manage five guys on the floor. How is he going to run an entire team? And here's what I'll say, because I'm, I started to, you guys know, I started to kind of sour on Brad towards the end of last year, you know, halfway through last year, hell, I was sour on him. But I will say this, I don't think it's fair to correlate, oh, he, he was a bad coach at the end of last year to now he's going to be a bad GM because... I'm willing to give him a chance for starters. I will admit he's got a short, short leash. Like you can't go from an underwhelming coaching year to GMing bad. Like that's going to be a bad, bad look. And the fans are going to come for you. The organization might come for you. But what I'll say is everything we've ever said, you know, Brad Stevens is good at, you know, if you have a pros and cons list of Brad Stevens, the good things, get that pen out of there. The good things, you know, are, you know, he's smart. He's calm, um, decision maker, you know, X's and O's, behind the scenes type guy. The bad things are not engaged in the game, you know, never really goes at a ref, doesn't seem emotional. Those don't really matter when you're in the front office. All those pros that we listed, those are sort of general manager, president of basketball operations, whatever it is. Those are those types of traits. So I'm willing to give Brad the chance. I'm not going to say benefit of the doubt that he's going to be good at it. Cause I could also totally see Brad getting bent over a barrel and shown the 50 States this off season 
first-time GM. The Celtics are in a big-time sort of what's going to happen this offseason situation, and they have a legit guy with zero experience, only eight years of NBA experience as the GM. So I'm not, like, thrilled about that, but I'm willing to give them the chance. Like I said, not benefit of the doubt, but chance. Because to me, like I said, the pros do sort of outweigh the cons in terms of, okay, well, why did we hate Brad Stevens or why did people want him fired? And what did you still like about him? All these sort of calm, cool, collected, you know, keeping the demeanor low and, and, and doing a lot with a little. Like those are things that I think GMs can make some bread on. So we shall see. It is going to be interesting. We'll talk about it towards the end of the show, too. Just some some sort of trades that have been thrown out there. It is it is going to be interesting to see what Brad does. Is he gonna is he gonna um I don't know. Is he gonna is he gonna go sort of sit back and just take the easy way of being like, oh, first offseason as GM, I'm not gonna do much. I'm just gonna see how we do next year. Or is he really gonna get out there and possibly try and make some moves and prove that he is gonna be a good GM? I don't know. I don't know. I really hope it's the latter. I hope that he he isn't just a Danny Ainge. Just like this is my thing. Ready? Here's the negative, and this is why I see the negative. I gave you my take. Now let me entertain um, others' takes. So one great take would be that okay, well you know if Dan, if Brad Stevens was involved in all of these draft picks and involved in all of these trade ideas with Danny Ainge, then you just took a replica of Danny Ainge, and what's going to change, right? He's still going to draft the Romeo Langfords, the Aaron Neesmiths, the Grant Williams, the Carson Edwards. If Brad Stevens was heavily involved in those picks, which, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. So why would anything change? You could have that. Or you could have the, you know, who knows if Brad Stevens was frustrated with how Danny Ainge was drafting. Brad Stevens loves to shoot the three ball. Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, like these guys aren't shooters and they were drafting them at times when they could have gotten guys that do, that do what Brad Stevens likes to do. So... I don't know. Like, maybe Brad Stevens is like, finally, I don't have to worry about Grant or Shemi or Romeo Langford. And, and I know Romeo Langford balled out. I'm just using him as an example of, like, you draft him and everyone's kind of like, what? Um, if he turns out to be a good player for this team, then great. I'm just using him as an example here. But maybe you start to see someone like Brad be like, okay, well, I've, I've lived in the coaching realm through what this team can do, and I don't love it. So let me change it. I just hope it's not what I said. The former argument is... Maybe he's just sort of like aligned with Danny Ainge and this team was built how they both wanted it to be built and all these, you know, not doing anything to trade deadline, not trading your draft picks. Maybe Brad Stevens aligns with all that and that's what's worrisome. But sort of question I wanted to, um, you know, address here is, is Brad Stevens going to be a GM for the long haul? Is this his, you know, final place? And I think you can go two ways with this. The first and easy way is I think he's still super young, um, in the NBA, you know, like I'm not even talking, he is young via age, but I'm talking like this guy has, you know, eight years of NBA experience and he's now a president of basketball operations of the most historic franchise in the NBA. That's crazy to me. So it's, you could, you could immediately say, Hey, you know, he's young. He's going to want to get back to coaching. That that's fair. Maybe. But what I'm kind of not banking on, but putting all my chips into is everyone that's close to him, all like insiders and people that follow the team and travel with the team, um, people that I've even talked to that, you know, are closer to Brad than hell I am. <laughs> They're saying Brad, like as much as they've, as far as they know, like just loves coaching. Never heard a peep about him wanting anything more than being a great coach in the NBA. 
talk about going back to my whole conspiracy theory. All of a sudden, you take a guy that loves coaching and he's the president of basketball operations the next day. A little weird. But it's interesting because if everyone's saying this guy loves coaching and he's still young, relatively speaking, he might have that in the back of his mind that I still got coaching left. I can coach. I still can coach. I can coach. And we've seen coaches do that. Doc Rivers, um, probably most recently, I guess. But then also Isaiah Thomas bounced around from being a coach to a GM, then back to a coach type of thing. It's not unheard of for a guy to go to the front office and be like, no, 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 no. I thought I could do this. I thought it was the next logical step after being a coach. But actually, I just love coaching. Like, that's where I'm going to make my money. That's where I'm going to stand out. And I feel like Brad Stevens could fall into that category. Um, again, I'm willing to give him the chance, and I could eat crow, but I do think Brad Stevens, I'm giving it like two years. I think um, I heard on the radio it was like over under 18 months, and people were saying 18. I feel like he makes it, you know, two years. Give it 24 months, um, two seasons worth. Like, I could see that because, because he's such, like, they clearly believe in this guy. They made him the GM. That isn't someone that you just get, like, they're going to give him a chance. They're going to give him a chance, 100%. Like you don't, they're they're like I said, they're gonna have a short leash with him, but that short leash, like I'm talking, they're not gonna let him stick around for 15 years if he's sucking as a GM. Two years is a short lease as a GM. So I'm thinking the over under I would put, you know, if if it is not put, if it was 18 months, I'm gonna take the over. I don't know if I want to. Like I don't really know what to think of Brad Stevens, as you can tell. I don't know what to think of him as the GM yet, but I would take the over just because 18 months seems super, super quick for a guy that they truly, clearly be, believe in. Um. So yeah, I'm going over on that night, but I don't think I don't think he's he's long for uh, that role whatsoever. All right, next topic on the agenda: Who is going to? I guess who's going to fill? In for Brad. We just talked about if Brad's going to be long for that position, but, you know, let's not forget that he left behind a vacancy here. Um, and looking at the ads, uh, the ads, the odds here, and again, Celtics have interviewed, you know, a handful of these guys, or at least Grant got granted permission to interview some of these guys, but Imi, <laughs> I probably still, I've heard his name a thousand times by now, probably still mispronounce it, but Imi Udoka, Chauncey Billups, Carol Lawson, Jay Laranega, Sam Cassell, Jason Kidd, Lloyd Pierce, Scott Morrison, Jamal Mosley, Charles Lee, and Mike D'Antoni. Those are the, I guess, the top 10 names in order in terms of most likely, according to Vegas, most likely to, to um, least likely there. So, Ime Odoka, Chauncey Billups, 1 and 2, Carol Lawson, and Jay Laranega, 4 and 5, and then Sam Cassell's number 5, Jason Kidd's number 6, Lloyd Pierce, number 7, and then after that, feel like it kind of waters down with Scott Morrison, Jamal Mosley, Charles Lee, and Mike D'Antoni. So if we look at that sort of first six or first, maybe call it first seven, I think there's some legitimate candidates in there. Emi um, Odoka, I didn't know too much about. Like, I knew who he was. I've kind of done more and more research. I'm a little bit on the, I, on the train there, I guess. Chauncey Billups has been my number two guy for a long time now. Carol Lawson... I don't see how it legitimately could happen. Like, I, I think that Carol Lawson would be a good coach here. Um, I just don't see... I feel like that me, that would have required her to bounce around to too many jobs in too little of years, and it might not look the best or whatever. I mean, if it happens, I'm not against it. I think people that are saying, like, oh, a woman can't coach the men's, that's kind of stupid. She's an NBA coach, caliber coach. She's been a college... Like, she's, she's a coach regardless of if she's a male or a female. That really is a stupid take because she's clearly been around players um, and cl players would clearly respect her. So I don't think I don't think the, the woman coach thing is a good topic here. 
Um, then you have Jay Laranega, the assistant coach right now of the Celtics. That's so interesting to me that he's finally popping up into that. Now, honestly, I might like that move. Like, I get it. He's not a head coach. He's an assistant coach type of guy. But, like, would the like does he – he's oh, he's a guy that's seemingly talking to players and engaged in games on the sidelines. That's what I felt like I was missing from Brad. Um, and then in the number five spot, you have Sam Cassell, who is my number one choice here. I want Sam Cassell or Chauncey Billups to be the next coach. Sam Cassell head and shoulders above everyone else. So that's sort of my takeaway. Jason Kidd's there. Lloyd Pierce is a sneaky one. But the Jason Kidd topic, I know people don't like him as a person. He's a pretty slimy guy. He's already a failed head coach. I don't really want Jason Kidd as the next Celtics head coach, but let me at least play devil's avocado here, devil's advocate, and tell you why Jason Kidd might be a fine choice, going as far as fine. Jason Kidd, you know, okay, I'll say this, ready? You bring in any of the other people, like Udoka, Billups, Lawson, Laranega, Cassell, those seem like long-term projects. You know, those aren't fireable people right off the bat. Jason Kidd, the one benefit, and it sounds crazy, the one benefit is that you could bring Jason Kidd in. He's already failed as a head coach in the NBA. If he doesn't click, you could get rid of him within a year and no one would care. You bring in Sam Cassell or John C. Billups, that's a long-term thing. You are saying, you know, we're getting into bed with you for a long time. Jason Kidd could be sort of the, the trial and possible error type of guy that says, okay, well, errors are too much. Peace out, man. And no one would bat an eye at it. All the other names above him are long-term options. So, I mean, it's not the best saying that, you know, his best attribute is that he could be fired and no one would care. But it's worth noting that, you know, if you are just trying to throw something and see that it sticks, Jason Kidd's that stick. Like, that's the guy that might stick. He might bounce off the wall and get your floor all messy and you got to clean it up and, you know, we're done. We're in the same place a year later. But one bad year from Jason Kidd, I feel like he's out. Sam Cassell... Chauncey Billups, as much as those are my two, you know, one and two guys, you're probably going to have to at least sit through maybe three bad years before you even hear peeps of of change. And three years from now, I'm loving Sam Cassell, but three years from now, maybe I don't like that move, but we've already kind of agreed to this partnership. So that's one positive. But again, if I had to rank these, so right now it goes Udoka, Billups, Lawson, Laranega, Cassell. I would probably go Cassell, Billups, Udoka, Lawson, Laranega. And I think Lawson and Udoka could definitely flip-flop for the three and four spot. Um, but to me, it's like Sam Cassell, huge drop-off. Chauncey Billups, even bigger drop-off than those other three names. Mike D'Antoni wouldn't hate it. He'd turn Jason Tatum into even more of a superstar, but I don't think that he's a long-term sort of culture-type coach. Charles Lee, Jamal Mosley, Scott Morrison, Lloyd Pierce, like those guys are sort of, let's just get another guy in here after Brad. Like, no, that's not a long-term, let's build on this um, with this coach. Any of those names, I'm sure I'd be fine with. Like, my biggest thing was wanting to kind of hit the reset button on the coach this offseason, and I kind of got my wish. Not even the coach. I wanted a shake-up, and I already got my wish. So I'm fine with any of these names, you know, trial and error base. Like, let's figure it out. Let's see what we can do. Because to me, I got my wish with the shake-up, and it was a big old shake-up. It really, really was. All right, last topic of the day. I guess it's the first part of the last topic of the day. Before we get into that, I'm going to ask you guys to head over to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code GUYBOSS and save $20 off your first order. They are happy enough to sponsor today's episode, and I am thrilled enough to be able to tell you guys that they're sponsoring today's episode because stadiums and arenas are opening back up finally. 
in person, fan attendance. Let's go. Be one of those fans. Head over to SeatGeek.com. Use promo code GuyBoston to save $20 off your first order. All right, so we're talking Kemba Walker trades. Now, I'm going to dispel the sort of blockbuster trade right away. That it. No team is going to get like Damian Lillard for Kemba Walker sort of deal. That's just so unrealistic to me. Kemba Walker is not Damian Lillard's level. And the only way I would ever see that is if Damian Lillard literally says, F Portland, F the organization, F my coach, F my teammates, and they need to sell him at an all-time low. But they might even, like a low price might even be better than a Kemba Walker right now. Uh, An older player, obviously bum knees. So I saw my guy Jack. Um, Jack Simone, Bannertown, USA. Go check it out, bannertownusa.com. He brought some realistic trades to the table. Um, without getting to the specifics, it's more or less, you know, trading Kemba Walker, shedding some salary, trading Kemba Walker, getting, you know, Al Horford back, or making doing a trade with the Timberwolves to get, you know, Ricky Rubio and, and, and Hernan Gomez. Like, those are more or less the types of trades we can expect from Kemba Walker, and I'm glad he sees that. I think you should see that, too, because you're not going to get a, you know, Bradley Beal for Kemba Walker or a Russell Westbrook for Kemba Walker or a Damian Lillard for Kemba Walker. If you think you're getting Damian Lillard without giving up Jalen Brown, I think you're crazy. I do. I think you're crazy. So, to me, Kemba Walker, you know, it seems like he's going to be traded. Like, I kind of want him to be traded as someone that legit defended him for so long I feel like the, the the water's too muddy now. Like, you don't come back from it. And apparently, you know, over a year ago, there was rumors that he was going to, um, he was involved in trade talks, and that soured sort of the, the vibe in Boston with him and Danny and, and Brad and everything. Makes total sense. It makes total sense. So I think you're past that point. I've defended Kemba Walker. I said he's not the problem, which he wasn't. But you're paying him a lot of money to fix the problem, and he's not fixing the problem. So I'm okay with getting rid of him now. I just think that people need to understand that you're going to sell him at a loss. You're selling a a horse and getting ponies in return. Even if the horse is beaten and bruised, you're getting nothing in return. You're not getting someone with the upside that Kemba Walker does have, a guy that can go for 40 in a night. You're going to pretty much just want to move past Kemba Walker. And let me jump down the throat of people saying it was a bad trade. Hindsight 2020, obviously retrospect, like it looks like that trade wasn't a smart move because Kemba Walker got injured. But first and foremost, Kemba Walker was like an Iron Man before coming here. I don't know what it is. Hayward, you know, Isaiah, um, Kemba, even Kyrie to an extent getting injured. Like people come here and just get injured. I don't know what it is. But when you think about it, like Kemba Walker was an all-star his first season here. He worked to start. As you know, they they lost Kyrie, they got Kemba. It was a good trade or a good signing, I should say. That was not a sort of oh my god, look at that. That was terrible. Just like the Kyrie trade, and we all hate Kyrie. You still do that trade as much as we all love Isaiah. Me especially love Isaiah. You still do that trade in the past if you have none of the future context. Kemba Walker signing was a smart signing. It was reactive, reactionary. But it wasn't a bad signing. You just signed a guy that was an all-star his first year for you. Keep that in mind. So, yes, it's probably an experiment that failed. But it wasn't a bad experiment to do. Like, you know, it started off hot and things just kind of deteriorated and Kemba Walker ended up broken. Keep that in mind. Because it's too easy to be like, oh, my God, what a bad signing. Knowing that for the past few years he didn't, you know, do what we wanted. Didn't make us any better. Was injured all the time. Fair. But. At the time, it was a good move. But yeah, pretty much, you know, I'm I'm on board now with, with trading him, which sucks. 
don't love it, but I am on board with it. Um, even if it's for, you know, I, like I've always said, I don't want to trade them for ponies, but the, the horse isn't winning the race. And that's what kind of sucks. But um, that's where I've kind of come out on it. I don't have any, like, you know, need to trade this. Like, I don't need Al Horford back. I think Al Horford, be nice to see him here again, but I don't think he's making much of a difference anymore. But um, we'll see. But um, anyways, guys, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of Unleashed. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow along on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, um, you know, till next time, make sure to turn on those bell notifications too. Bell notifications so you get notified when we drop an episode. We're doing giveaways coming up pretty soon. So if you're one of the first people to see the video, you have a better shot of getting in. So we'll catch you guys in the next episode.